up wake up wake up 502 it is going down i'm going crazy y'all i'm going you know what this has been about the longest i don't know about 12 hours of my life <laughs> that i have waited to get in this studio this is wake up 502 this is 96.1 fm the big x and this is going to be a very very interesting show uh I don't really know what all is going to happen, but we have so much to talk about, so much to get into. Of course, uh, University of Louisville got it done on Thursday night. They took care of Virginia. Wasn't the prettiest game. Wasn't the most technically sound game. But you know what? At this point in the year, it's all about surviving and advancing, man. It's not about uh, style points. It's not about um, you know making it the prettiest that it can be. It's all about just winning and surviving. So Cardinal uh, football definitely survived and did what they needed to do on Thursday night. Uh, the group that did not do what they needed to do uh, last night was Louisville men's fighting basketball Cardinals go down to defeat at home by 10 to Chattanooga. And we are going to get into all that. Of course, Haven Harrington will be along soon. Uh, got intern Roman uh, back in the studio this morning as well. He's uh, getting, still getting trained up. I, I, I'm excited. I'm gonna get him on the on the board here in a little bit. Uh, you know, once once he feels comfortable. I don't like to throw anybody in the deep end of the pool, so I ain't gonna I ain't gonna rush him in too quick, y'all. But we gonna we gonna get this going to see, see what Roman's got. But I tell you what, man. Of course, if you want to get involved, I am sure a lot of people have thoughts. Of course, the best way to get involved. 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, that's the best way to get involved with us. And, of course, thank you to Thornton's for all the good things that they do for us here uh, at the Big XWXVW. Make sure you get out to any of the 52,833, uh, you know, Thornton's locations around the wonderful city of Louisville for all the best in goodie, goodies, grubs, gas, donuts, 
uh, you know, little taquito things that go on the little roller, you know what I'm saying? That nobody, I never see anybody get them, but they always have them, you know, the little hot dogs that sit out there. They got all that. So go out to Thornton's, you know, get you a big gulp, whatever you need, they'll get you taken care of. Of course, if you want to talk to me, <clears throat> you can also give a call in to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. That is 502-384-1450. If you want to give me a call, I would love to hear your thoughts um, on anything, whether it be uh, Louisville, the college football playoff, uh, if you want to fuss about Kenny Payne all day, uh, then you're speaking my language <laughs> because uh, I just I am at a loss for words. Um, you know, of course, I, I anybody who follows me on Twitter, of course, that's uh, at Rashan um, at R A A S H A A N. Um, anybody who follows me on Twitter uh, knows that I wasn't very active. I didn't really say anything about what was going on. I um, was actually out doing a live show. Um, out at More Shenanigans, of course, a g- big thanks to the people out at More Shenanigans, 4521 Bargetown Road. Um, had a great live show out there before karaoke night. Was, uh, you know, li- live uh, discussing the game, discussing everything that we were saying. We talked about Louisville football as well. Um, but I-, I got to watch the game, but I was not active on social media because, of course, I was doing the show. And I feel like that was probably better for everybody because had I been – um, in the arena, if I would have been down at the Yum Center for the game last night, um, it probably wouldn't have been nothing nice. So I, I feel like that was something that, <laughs> that was good for all involved, that I was not there and I did not have to uh, uh, be the one to deal with everything that happened last night. Like it was – I guess we'll start there just because I, I want Haven Harrington to be here so we can discuss the whole football aspects and I want to get his thoughts on uh you know the Louisville basketball squad as well but you know I I definitely want to start here so when I think about University of Louisville basketball and everything that they've been through um we've heard a lot of conversations and we've heard a lot of conversations about talent we've heard a lot of conversations about um (laughs) clouds We've heard conversations about uh, kids that were broken, attitudes that were broken, and we've heard a lot of excuse-making for everything that's going on uh, within Cardinal basketball. We've heard that, you know, we've had coaches having to clean up messes. We've heard, you know, we've had that they've had to deal with all these things. Let me tell you what I've seen, okay? And this goes back to the first exhibition versus Simmons College, the second exhibition versus Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, of course, the – game that Louisville just barely slid by versus UMBC, the first official game of the year, and then what I saw last night uh, versus Chattanooga. I don't see a team with a bunch of guys that look distraught. I don't look see a team with a bunch of guys that don't have belief in themselves and faith in themselves. You know what I've seen? I saw it last year. I've seen it to start this year. I see a team that looks confused. I see a team that looks like they don't really know what they need to be doing on the court. I see a team that looks very, very disconnected on both ends of the court. What I've seen through a full season and four games is a team that has no unity. They have no cohesion, okay? So when that's the issue, this is not about emotions. It's not about not liking each other. It's not about um, having a lack of confidence in, in oneself. 
It comes from lack of understanding of what exactly the hell they're supposed to be doing out on the court. That's on the coaching staff. And that's been my biggest assertion since I got here. Everybody has, you know, had a lot to say about myself and my commentary in regards to this team because I was too critical. You know, I was being mean. I wasn't being fair to the coaching staff. I wasn't being fair to Kenny Payne, Nolan Smith, and the rest of the coaches over there. But I was just giving an honest assessment. I have not made any personal attacks. I have not done anything to just throw shade at the, the proceedings, I feel like I've actually kept things well above board, which can't be said for a lot of the people that support this coaching staff and what they're doing, where they just want to call <laughs> all types of names and say all types of things about myself, Nick Coffey, Ethan Moore, and any of the other local sports uh, personalities that have the nerve to actually give their honest opinion. Mike Rutherford, I'm looking at you as well. There's been a lot of people that had a lot to say about that. I don't mind calling out people by name. I never have because, you know, if they have an issue or, or they have something to say to me, they know where they can find me. I'm not hard to find, and I don't mind speaking my mind. But one of the things that I've continually heard about myself and some of the others that just gave honest commentary about, you know, sports, which is what I don't know I thought we were supposed to be doing around here, is that we are, you know, here and, and paid to give our opinions on things, okay? It's not here to politic for one group, and we're not here to um, just blow smoke. There are plenty, like, you know, as I told Mike when I was in with him a couple weeks ago, there are plenty of radio stations and radio shows that do a wonderful job of trying to fluff up, you know, pr the program or whatever, okay? But most places, they just want to give their honest opinions on things. I give my honest opinion on, opinion on things, like I always have. I've, there's never been a situation where um, I'm just out there, you know, saying, saying this guy is great, this team is great, and don't really mean it, okay? That's not what I do. So, you know, when I tell you what I, what I tell you, I am giving my honest, you know, honest to heart, honest to goodness opinion on things. And I just see a team that's disconnected. Okay, I, I really and honestly feel <clears throat> when I watch Sky Clark out there, Sky Clark is pretty much no different than L. Ellis was last year. He's a guy who has a lot of talent, but he's just out there running around just doing his own thing. You know, there's no difference between what Trey White was doing out there and what Jalen Withers was doing out there last year. When I look at Curtis Williams out there who, you know, looked great for a hot second and then looks horrible most of the rest of the time, you know, like Kamari Lands last year, there's no difference. It's not about the players. All of these kids have talent. Let me explain something to you. If you're good enough to get a scholarship offer from the University of Louisville, you're a pretty good player. Now, some of the guys that Kenny Payne has brought in over the, the first couple of years, I don't know if they're necessarily quote-unquote Louisville-level players. You know, when you talk about Fabio Basile, um, you know, I don't know if he's really ready for that level. Um, Hersey Miller. Not really sure if he's ready for that level. You can talk about guys this year like Danila Jovanovic. Not really sure if he's ready for this level. Karan Davis, you know, I don't know. They put an APB out on him. I haven't heard that he's hurt, but I haven't really seen him play much at all. I don't know if those guys are necessarily Louisville level, but for the most part, 75 80% of the guys that have been playing are guys that are good enough to be at the Louisville level. Okay, so with that being said, if you're a Louisville level player, you have a lot of talent. <clears throat> you are definitely more talented than probably 
I'd say 60 to 65% of the teams that Louisville's going to face um, during the year annually, you're going to have more talent than most of the teams that you face. Okay, that's period. That's just being at Louisville. University of Louisville is always going to have a top 40 roster. They were 35th, that they were rated the 35th most talented team last year based on recruiting rankings coming out of high school last year. Um, this year, I would venture to say they're probably more talented. They even have more depth this year than what they had last year. Okay, so with that being the case, this is not a, a lack of talent issue. Okay, people have continued to say <clears throat> this is about talent um, and this is about, uh, you know, not having necessarily the horses to get things done as a Haven Harrington is, is joining into the fray on there. Uh, uh, Haven, once you get in there and settled, you should be good to go. Um, I can't see anything because there's a big giant wall between the rooms, so I can't bring you in properly. So just say hello to the people whenever you get situated. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you talk about the lack of talent, people uh, just kind of assume because things aren't going well and you're seeing a bad team go out there and struggle that this is about a talent issue. These guys just aren't good enough to play at Louisville. But that's just honestly not true. It's not about the talent, okay? It doesn't matter how much talent you have. If you don't know what you're doing out on the court, you're going to be a step slow. If not one step slow, a couple steps slow. That causes confusion, okay? Now you're out of, out of position. You're out of place. At this level of college athletics, if you are a step and a half, it, honestly, if you're a half step behind, you're going to get burned. And this Louisville team is not only a half step behind. They're like one and a half, two steps behind. So everything is difficult. Hey, Harrison, how are you doing this morning? Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I didn't hear anything you just said. Say it again. Better than you are, uh, apparently. Hey, I'm Haven, look. But, I, you, but time out, time out. You know what? You're the nice guy, right? Like, I've always teased you and said that you're the Will Smith of the West End. <laughs> You know, yeah. you always try to sugarcoat things and make things nice, and you know, y'all, I, I get that. So I'm gonna say it for you because I, I know you can't say it. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say it for you. I told you so. <laughs> Haven, I, Haven, I haven't even tried to go there. No, but I, I will go there for you. Now, how about that? That's that's what friends are for, I right? I appreciate it. That's what friends are for I me. Mean, we took all sorts of barbs and arrows and rocks slung at us and people teasing us and people calling us out our names and everything else. And, like, we didn't even say anything bad about Coach Payne. We was just like, yo, here's some red flags. We're seeing some red flags. Anybody seen these red flags with us? And they buried their head in the stands like, no, we're 4-28, but you know what? It's all the players' fault. It's all Chris Mack's fault. Yeah. So then the the season starts up. You give Simmons a forty piece, but you have like fifty five million turnovers. So people start to get worried because last year we turned the ball over all the time, and I thought this was supposed to be fixed. I thought this was a a more talented team than than last year. Then Kentucky Wesleyan comes in town. Yes. And you lose, just like we lost to Lenore Ryan last year. And people was like, well, hey, hold up, hold up. This is the exact same script as last year. Something is wrong. And then the Kenny Payne train lost about like 80% of his members after that game. 
right? Right. You beat UNBC by one point. And probably should have lost that game if they call a foul on Trey White. Correct. <laughs> and then you Honestly. have the coaching staff pump up their chest and let people know that, no, we actually do practice that foul out-of-bounds play. Ha-ha, take that, media members. And almost bragging about that one-point victory over a team that you should at least beat by 20. Bragging. Talking bragging. about this is a game that, that this team would have lost last year. And it would have – this. It would have lost it last year. But then you come down to playing Chattanooga. Not a bad team. You know, a, a middling team. That yeah, team right in the top 150, okay? You yeah. went from a team in UMBC that was probably rated outside of the top 275, around 280, 285 somewhere, to now you're playing a team that's in the top 150. Still not a tournament team. Probably a team that's not even close to the tournament unless they win their conference tournament. A team that's, you know, picked to finish third, fourth, fifth in their conference. But at least better, you know, markedly better than UMBC, who's and one of the worst teams in college. They had you down by 21 points in the second quarter, second half. 21 points, pasting you at home. <laughs> I've had people come to me on Twitter apologizing. And, and and now, like, yeah, this, yeah, no. You know, I remember when Bobby was here his last year and Georgia Tech just put a 50-piece on us and ran oh, all God. over us, like ran all over us. And we was going down to the press conference. I was standing next to Sullivan, used to write for the Courier Journal. And yes. I looked at him, I was like, and I think you were there when I said this. I was like, you know, this is the game that just got – Bobby fired. There's no coming back from this. Yeah. I think this last game, unless a miracle happens, I, I think this is the game where you force the hand of the administration. I mean – I it, mean, because you lost to – the schedule was set up with bums and cupcakes so you could pad your wins before going to – the ACC play, right, before conference play. Yeah. They tried to pad the, the schedule with as easy as games as possible. Even in your exhibition games, you try to pad with as easy as teams that you should – with the talent you have, you should just beat these guys on talent alone. Yes. And it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in spectacular fashion. Yes. And, of course, we've seen – you know, we saw a little – because this is the thing, okay, when people said that, you know – "Quote unquote," this is in talking about UMBC when you talk when they said this is a game that you know we would have lost last year. It actually that's not true. To start the season last year, we pretty much saw very similar types of games to start the season. Even though they lost their first three games of the year last year, um, all by one point. These were all games where Louisville was losing for the most of the game, and then they would make a furious run to get the game close. They just ended up losing all three of the games last year. But, like, literally, it's pretty much the same thing, okay, that, that we saw from this team last year to start the year. So that was the thing. The first thing was false. No, it was, like, literally the exact same game that Louisville started the year. The only difference was they called the foul – or, excuse me, they didn't call the foul on Trey White, and he was able to throw – you know, flip the ball up to J.J. for the dunk, and UMBC misses a free throw after getting another easy, you know, a, attack to the basket. Okay, that was the only difference. But this was – it was not a different game than last year. It was literally the exact same game to start the year last year. 
Exactly. Carbon copy where you have a Louisville team that's losing by five, six, seven points. Or last night, heck, you know, in, in the second game of the year last year, Louisville was down pretty good. They were down 13, 15 points, made the furious run. L. Ellis got the shot off just a little bit late, didn't count it. They ended up losing again by one. This was worse than last year. This start is worse than last year because you were pretty much in the same situation with UMBC, but UMBC's much worse team than any of the first three teams that Louisville played last year. And then last night, Louisville just got dog-walked. They were getting killed. They were getting murdered at home. You're down 21 points. I understand that Chattanooga was a, a step up from UMBC. Okay, so you go from one of the worst teams in Division One to one of the just normally – bad teams <laughs> like you went from a horrible team to a bad team it's let's not rewrite history and act like chattanooga was is great um they're probably not going to win their conference tournament they're not a team that's considered even a top 100 so haven my question is this if you're losing this badly and you're getting just just dominated at home versus this type of competition what are we going to see down the road like i feel like louisville should beat coppin state Next week, because Coppin State's just, when you talk about UMBC bad, Coppin State's worse than UMBC. Coppin State's the worst team that Louisville will play this season. But honestly, Haven, do you have any faith that you know Louisville's going to win that game? So, I'm going to say this, right? Yes. (laughs) Not to say that we predicted this, but at the beginning of the season – I remember us having conversations that this year could be harder for Kenny Payne than last year because the team is much younger. And on a younger team, you have to coach harder. They have more depth. They have more depth, but they're younger. And you have a, a post player. you got a, a big man with actual size and Dennis Evans. Yes, but you're going to have to coach these guys harder because they're younger. Yes. This is their first time playing college ball. They're going to see a lot of things they haven't seen before. So you have to coach these guys harder because – they're younger. They're, they're mostly freshmen, guys who haven't played a lot. So this is actually going to be a, a harder coaching job than what last year was when you had an experienced team, number one. Number two, last year's team was the, the engine of that four wins we had was pretty much L. Ellis. And the reason we didn't get – even though we were still getting demolished a lot last year, but it was kept it respectable was L. Ellis because you can count him to play at least 38 minutes a game, Right. Yes. Now, he may not have played defense because he had to pick and choose. He's playing 38 minutes a game. You know, a man only has so much stamina. So, you got to pick what you're going to do. You're going to offense or defense. Right. You can't, you can't go full board for 38 full minutes for an entire season. You know, just going crazy on both ends of the court. So, he chose offense. Yeah. And he was a guy that can go one-on-two, one-on-three, one-on-four, and get you buckets. Yes. He was a guy that other teams actually had to game plan for and be like, okay, watch this dude. Stop this dude nobody else on the team just stop this dude well and i think haven that's one of the things that we talked about last year that i don't think like it this was team, very yeah. it, it was very popular to talk about l ellis and try to just throw him under the bus that they did everything they could the coaching staff the, the the fans everybody wanted to throw the players under the bus and talk about all oh, how these guys just didn't have the culture they weren't the right type of people you know l ellis was the reason that we were losing which i thought was the most ridiculous like me and you talked about it. The fact that L. Ellis was able to go out there, play 36, 37, 38 minutes every game and play at the at the level of intensity that he had to play at and literally be the, 
you know, facilitator, the scorer, the, the, the spark plug. He had to literally do everything for that Louisville team last year. And he was able to carry that water and do it. And people wanted to, instead of uh, talking about, you know, wow. I mean, because honestly, I remember teams with Marcus Mabin back in the day where Louisville didn't have great teams. But Marcus was at least out there giving everything he had. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. Um, but it was what Louisville had. And people loved him for that. But we turn around and have what Ellis had to go through last year, basically doing everything for Louisville, giving everything he had, and he got thrown under the bus by the coaching staff. He got thrown under the bus by the fans. I don't blame him for, you know, getting up out of Dodge. You know? Yeah, I mean, because Can he, you blame him? I, I can't blame him at all, but it's, it's like what we said, you know, it's without Ellis on his team, yes, now you're a deep regard, right? So now you have, you know, some pretty good guards, you know, but – some pretty good guards. I will. I will look at Louisville's guards right now. You know, you have a, a a very. They're they're deeper, and I think they have some some great complementary guards. But the problem is they're not scorers to the level, to the same. They're level. just not as good as Ellis. Period. They're, they're not as good. But you they're know what? No, they're talking about, talking about. I'm not going to say they're not as I good. I can. Okay. I will. You will. But I'm going to say they're not as good. I'm going to say is that. These guys, I think, could be just as good, but they need more of a structured offense to showcase their their talents. Honestly, you know? Haven, Louisville has two guards on this roster. Okay, Trey White is still not a guard. Trey White is 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 not a guard. You talk about the quote unquote guards on this team um, yesterday. Um, Scott Clark, four assists, four turnovers. Okay, Trey White, your other quote unquote guard, two assists, two turnovers. Tyler Johnson, one assist, two turnovers. Okay, none of your quote-unquote guards had an had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. In fact, for your three combined quote-unquote guards, you ended up with a negative assist-to-turnover ratio. Well, but I think that goes back to the offensive system that they're running, right? This offensive system is it tailored to what What's, these guys? What system? You know that that system they run, where <laughs> where you stand at the three-point line. You get like one pick, and then just take your man to the goal. Do your man, and if you can't do your man, the do your man offense, and then you pass it to somebody else, and then they try to do the same thing or jack up a three, and and somebody get a rebound, and let's run it again. That offense, <sighs> they go with our defense, which is guard your man. If he beats you, then you just get beat. I'm gonna be honest, Haven. They're, they're not as good as Ellis, but this this is the reason why, and this is what we talked about. People forget the fact L. Ellis did two years at um, at the the, the uh, community college Tallahassee Community College down there in Florida. He did two years down there. He played a year under uh, you know the last year under Chris Mack, Pegues, you know McMains, whatever you want to call that last team. He was a fourth year player at Louisville last year. Okay, so this is a guy who had a lot of experience. Scott Clark. Maybe, you know, I know he was the number one point guard coming out, you know, when he committed to Kentucky and then decommitted to go to Illinois. Like, he had a reputation. But these are all much younger players. Ellis was a fourth-year player. Jalen Withers was a fourth-year player. He was a fourth-year junior. Um, you know, there was experience on this team. This is an a, appreciably younger team. So maybe those guys have the potential to be better than L. Ellis down the road. There's no chance in hell they are better than L. Ellis right now. Not even close. Maybe they will be down the road, but they're not better players right now. They could be maybe, you know, 2025. 
But, I mean, you know, Sky Clark's not even been able to sit, sit still long enough at one place to really get into a rhythm. So I'm going to be very interested to watch him. I mean, he goes out there 5 of 17 from the field. Um, you know, we talked about the four assists, four turnovers. Um, you know, defensive stats, he did get you a couple of steals. So, he, he, you know, he at least was decent. He didn't have the worst plus-minus ratio. He was ended up ended the game at minus seven. It's kind of hilarious to talk about these guys. But, you know, like guys like Trey White, um, they're going to struggle because this is the problem, Haven. This is one of the problems. I know we're going to go ahead and have to get the break um, to take our first break of the day. Um one of the issues, besides the fact that our guards are not necessarily as dynamic as L. Ellis, there's no shooters on the team. None. Like, none. Well, hold up, hold up. I thought that guy from Miami was supposed to be a shooter. <laughs> I don't think Danilo uh, – well, he did get a shot attempt. I don't. Even, I, I didn't see what shot attempt he made, but he was 0 for 1 from the field. Uh, Mike James. Like, Mike James is doing everything. Like, Mike James is the one guy – he's the only guy that had a positive plus-minus ratio out there. Well, actually, Danilo finished it with plus 2. I don't know how that happened, but good job, Danilo. Uh, but Mike James has improved his his jump shot. Um, he did not shoot it well in the first game, but he at least shot it well last night. He was 4-6 from three. But still, Mike James is definitely much more of a – that's not where his biggest impact is. Mike James is a physical guy going to the basket attacking. That's going to be where he's at his best. There's no shooters on this team. And you know what? When they asked Kenny Payne about shooters, I don't know if it was Bob Valvano or the organized media. I think it was Bob Valvano. He said, Bob, I don't like shooters. I don't like specialists. I don't like guys that just do one thing. He says, I want basketball players. Kenny, I hate to break it to you. You probably need some shooters, bro. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um yeah, I, I <laughs> Oh. I, I, I'm going to tell you what. We, we, look, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our first break. If you want to get involved, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line, 384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line if you want to get involved. This is Rashawn Myers. This is Haven Harrington. we got intern Roman in the building as well. Uh, we're going to be back. We're going to get into this and much, much more when we come back. I'm Wake Up 502. Big X. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. That is literally the definition of everything going on <laughs> with UofL basketball. Two steps forward, three steps back. Every time we think we got something figured out or at least things may be going in, a, in, in, in one direction or the other, yeah, they just come right back to where we started at. Haven Harrington, I, I, have, I, have, I have thought a lot <laughs> over the last 10, 12 hours about how I was going to go about this or where where we go from here. It's going to be a long season, okay? I'm going to be uh, up in the KFC Yum Center for the next, I don't know how many games they got left, 24, 25 games. You and so, the other, like, 25 people. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to be there. I'm going to be there. You know, I've made a commitment to, you know, 
uh, all of the staff and management at the University of Louisville that I'm going to cover Louisville athletics, both football and basketball. So I'm going to be there watching. Now, I, I will say that the announced attendance of, let's see, uh, per the tonight yesterday's official box score, 10,634 uh, people, which it's funny. Probably most of those 10,634 were um, disguised as chairs, empty seats. But um, I'm going to be there watching this game uh, and this team. So what I need to know from you, Haven Harrington, this give me your honest opinion. What needs to happen to help Louisville get better right now? Like what can the coaching staff do? You know, at, at this point, I'm – I'm not sure what the coaching staff can do because we saw it last year, right? The team last year never really got better. Actually, their defense got worse as the season went along. Uh, but they never got better. Like, you would see a game here where, where it looks like they improved, but they never built upon that improvement. I'm not sure the staff can really do anything, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, there, there are things, a lot of things they can do. Uh, you know, I, they could play a 2-3 zone and just leave Evans in the middle and tell him, like, hey, don't leave the paint. Yeah, give him the uh, minute bowl treatment. Just yes. stand right here and never move. Yes. Like, literally, like, like don't even go up down a court. <laughs> just stand right here on defense, and, and we'll just do four on five on offense. Like, literally, just don't move. Like, you stay inside this painted area, this is you. Because, like, Dennis Evans has – a ton of potential, right? Yeah. But right now he's like super green and he has like And and has no body weight on him at all. Yes. He's super green and weighs like twelve pounds. And he doesn't have any offensive moves outside of dunking, like at all. Like none. And he can kind of block shots, but as soon as you pull him up out of the paint, he doesn't he, he can't do anything. And he loses like all his effectiveness. So all all teams have done is like take their big man, pull him out the paint. Yeah, and he's he's neutralized, and and you know it's and it is then just attack the bucket from there. Yeah, I mean that that was the one thing that you know strategically I, I noticed from the get go is that they were making a concerted effort to try to like bring Dennis all the way out and have him play like up on his man on the perimeter, which I thought was very weird because you know normally especially when you have a seven foot seven two seven three guy. Um, Teams usually play those guys in drop coverage at all times. And what drop cover, coverage basically means is that if you are in a pick-and-roll situation, even if you're playing man-to-man -man defense, when you have your big man playing drop coverage, he's pretty much going to, as the pick comes up, he's going to be two to three feet behind that pick so he can stay in front of any possible drivers that attack the basket. So that way it forces those guys, if they want to shoot the ball, to kind of take that shot and then he can contest as the shot goes up. Um, so it kind of negates the ability to beat that big man off the dribble. And the one thing that I noticed is that Louisville was playing Dennis to kind of come up and almost switch on those screens and, like, play play up on his man, which obviously for a guy that size is going to put you at a supreme disadvantage to get beat off the dribble. And it was just very odd because, like, that's those are the types of things that I would think even a novice coach and coaching staff should be able to recognize, yeah, that's not going to work. What you know, you know, like the, the, the those is, types of things. Things like you have to be able to scout your own team first. Yes, before you can scout another team to see the potential weaknesses. Right, and if you don't scout your own team correctly, 
then it's going to make whatever <laughs> game plan you put together for another team is going to be useless. Yeah. And, you know, and letting Dennis get out of paint is it's just is no, he can't do it. He just at, at this stage of his career, he just can't do it. And so to mitigate that, you just play two, three zone. Yeah. It can keep it simple. You know, you're long, you're athletic, you're going to be bigger than the vast majority of teams you play. Just play two, three zone. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and a very interesting quirk of last night, um, as I look through the uh, through the the um, the stats uh, on here, um, University of Louisville um, did um, out rebound uh, the team, uh, or excuse me, that they out rebounded them on the offensive boards. They actually ended up even on on rebounding, which is <clears throat> terrible <laughs> that you end up uh, even. Both teams ended up with forty one rebounds, but Louisville had seventeen offensive rebounds compared to the 12 for Chattanooga. But check this out, Haven, and, and I don't even know what to make of this. Louisville's got the much bigger physical team, so you would expect, yeah, I can see them you know, getting 17 offensive boards. Only 12 points off of 17 offensive rebounds. That seems like a ridiculously low number. Usually if you have 17 offensive rebounds, you would think you're going to score on at least half of those. So that means eight to nine buckets. Um, you should be anywhere from 18 to 22, 24, 26 points as far as your off, your your second chance points. But they actually got outscored in second chance points 18 to 12. Which so, means that you're getting the rebounds, and instead of putting it right back up, you're kicking it back out. Every time, even though you have the much bigger, you know, more yeah. physical, stronger team. Yeah, that means you're getting rebounds, you're kicking it back out, and then they're missing shots or layups, and the, and the other team gets rebound and goes the other way. Yeah, I mean, it just that, that that was that's one stat that's very very weird and very odd to see that a team that you know goes out there and gets seventeen of those offensive rebounds ends up with only twelve second chance points. And, and I mean, those those types of stati- statistical quirks are things that we continue to see over and over. Um, you know, like Louisville's points in the paint, you know, weren't bad. They they outscored uh, Chattanooga in the paint, thirty eight eighteen. I mean, but that's how Louisville's been. Like Louisville has literally been scoring all their points like they're like yes. a nineteen eighties basketball team. Like, <laughs> like everything has been mid range. Yes, like all their scoring is is mid range. Get to the basket, get fouled. Yeah, you know, and, attack. And and the, it, so here's the thing, right? And it's and it's obvious. It's just and I would you might as well say it because it's, it's obvious. This is a poorly, a very poorly coached team. This is a team that I believe has the talent to make it to the to make it. They to should the, be a tournament. The, round, this should they be, should be no, a tournament no, no, no. This should be a round of two teams. This should be like uh, like a at team, least round thirty two. Yeah, the second round. Yes, yeah. this should be a, a team that makes it to a round of thirty two at least. That that's the type of talent and depth that you have on this team right now. And right now, this is a team that. It's going to get bounced the first game of the ACC tournament, and it's not going to go dancing. And it's and it's it. And I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is, you know, and we were worried about this, and we, we talked about this over the summer. This actually may be, even though this may be a more talented team than last year's team, they may actually be worse than last year's team because of the of the types of pieces that they have. Yeah, yeah, and, no, that's, and and that's and that's what's bearing out. They're actually are worse than last year's team, and mainly because of they they don't have L. Ellis, like they don't have that yeah. guy that can just get you buckets. A, a dude that the other team just can't stop. Yeah, a dude the other team can't stop, uh, or a dude that just can get you buckets. Yes, 
I agree. I know. I totally agree. Uh, Texters into the, uh, the the text line. There's already up and jumping. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texter says, um, love the show, guys. Uh, how much more of this are we going to have to take? Um, <laughs> as Haven said earlier on, um, you know, he said this is the game that got Kenny Payne fired. Um, I won't go that far yet because I still feel like you have to play out the season for it. We got to get further into the season. We need more data points. Definitely not a good start. (laughs) What would you say, Haven? I mean, yeah. I mean, Kenny can turn it around and win every game from here on out. (laughs) That's that's probably not going to happen. Bro, that's not going to happen. I mean, (laughs) it's it's not going to happen. I'm going to say this. If Louisville is sitting at at or near 500 – and I know that's asking a lot, but if they're sitting at 500 or worse by the time we get to the new year, if if they go into January and Louisville's at 500 or worse, I don't foresee Kenny Payne making it. I don't even. I mean, I I think he would make it to the end of the year. Josh Hurd doesn't seem to be the type of guy that would be a a fire in mid year. But I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, and I talked to some folks at More Shenanigans last night at the live show. Um, is that I said from a financial standpoint, this has been a financial disaster. And, you know, I know they said that there was 10,600 in this in the stands. Th- th- let's be honest. There was probably about 55, 6,500 fans there. And that's been basically every crowd so far this year. At least at the beginning of Kenny Payne's tenure for the first 10, 12 games, there were people there. You know, they had semi-packed crowds. Um, but this season has started with horrible attendance. And with the, get, with the way this is going, this, it's going to be worse. Game, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. And, with so, the, 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 the the financial impact that, that he's having on the downtown business districts, those restaurants and bars, as well as the, the, the KFC Yum Center itself, I just I think there's going to be so much pressure from business owners and everybody else, and just and, and let's forget about you, you know your boosters and everybody else that are unhappy with the product. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Josh Hurd to make a decision if this thing doesn't turn around extremely quickly. Because you know what, cause I'm a Here's the thing. Like you asked me about Coppin State earlier, I th- yeah. I think they'll beat Coppin State. I would hope so. Just like they beat FAMU last year, <laughs> they'll <laughs> beat Coppin Barely. State this year. But you know, you look at it, and like during the, before the season, you and I were going through there looking at wins and losses, wins and losses. And I I said this this team will at least win twelve games, and I I solely based that on. They got a shot blocker in the middle. They can at least improve their defense a little bit. But they're using him completely wrong, so I was wrong about that. I don't even know bad. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you guys, okay? I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> I'm not a basketball whiz kid. Rashawn will tell true. you this. It's true. I am not the, the best. Haven is much more of a football guy than a basketball guy. Way more of a football guy. <laughs> Way more of a football guy. And we'll get this later because during the Yuleville – Virginia game, I was completely texting him like crazy. Like, what? Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I'm way more of a, a football guy than I'm a basketball guy, right? I don't get nowhere near in the, in the weeds and the X's and O's that, that Rashawn gets into and and all this stuff about basketball. But I'm not stupid, right? You can look at this team and tell, like, like no, they're not going to get any better. This is who they are. We are who we are, right? We're the same teams were last year. We are who we are. So we'll beat Coppin State, and after that, you know, we'll find a couple of teams we'll beat. Like last year, you know, we'll beat Clemson. But every game we won last year is because we had one dude on the team 
go off and have like a super career night. And that's what's going to take again this year for us to win games. One guy or two guys just having have to go an amazing off. night. Go have to go and have, have an amazing night. Yeah, I mean, Mike James had to have twenty five and ten for Louisville to win that first game against UMBC. Yeah, and 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 will and will beat teams like that way. But if you look at it now, we're not going to beat DePaul. We're going to go to Empire Classic, and we're going to get tossed up. And I, people say I'm being negative. Haven, you're being over, overly negative. No, this is like this is Haven being realistic. Right, a- absolutely. I'm not being negative. This is like you've seen these guys play. What makes you think we're gonna beat Texas or anybody in the Empire Classic? <laughs> yeah, I, definitely not getting uh, any warm and fuzzies about going up there no, we're gonna get uh, to stuff. New York right now. No, hey, but hey, but let me. Let, let, I tell you what, let's go ahead uh, get to the 502 uh, Buzz Line. Wake up, 502 Buzz Line. We got Wayne popping in. Wayne, how are you doing this morning, brother? <laughs> Man, I'm trying to Wayne. I'm trying to get it together. I'm in my feelings a little bit this morning, man. <laughs> okay. Now, 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 Wayne. Now, now, the one thing I'm gonna say, because I've heard a lot of people say that Michigan State lost to James Madison, but I think that one of the things that I, I've I've said since I've heard that, because I've heard that conversation a lot about, well, Michigan State lost to James Madison, so all isn't lost. But you know what the difference is? They have Tom Izzo, and we know who Tom Izzo is. We know regardless of whether they lose to James Madison at home or not, I I pretty much can guarantee you Michigan State's gonna be making the NCAA tournament. And once they get there, they're probably gonna give several teams a headache on at least around the 32 Sweet 16, even possibly an Elite Eight. And I think that's probably the biggest difference is, while, yes, Michigan State did lose to James Madison at home, we know who Tom Izzo is, and we know how he does, and we know that he's going to get it fixed. But when we look at Kenny Payne, and he only wins four games last year, coming out and then losing to UMBC and losing to Kentucky Wesleyan, when you, you know, the data points that we have for you say, that you haven't shown any ability to turn anything around, I think that's the biggest difference. Is that at least fair? Yes.
Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yes, Dusty May. Yes. You got to be able to do the job. Yeah, you got to be able to do the job. <clears throat> At the end of the day, you know, the most important thing is can you do the job? If you can't do the job, then you can't be here. Period. Yeah. Hey, man, we got about 30 seconds. Yeah, about 20 seconds. 20 seconds. totally agree with you. I appreciate it. We at the top of the hour. We got a hard out, but I appreciate the call, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. There we go. Appreciate it, Wayne. All right now. Yes, sir. There we go. Hey, hour number two coming at you. This is the Big Exports Radio. This is Wake Up 502. See what I'm saying? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that. Hey, what's up, man? Brother, what's up? This is a hey, big party, man. Yeah, brother, I Mother, mother, 
plenty of you to cry Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate You see, war is not the answer For only love Hey, my hands, you know I can make some uh, nice little rhymes out of it, uh, off of this, right? Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see what's going on. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, that's what I was saying last night. What is going on out on this basketball court? Like, what is going on? What is happening? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like what is going on that's why hey, I, I started out with with crazy two steps forward three steps back what's going on that's how i'm feeling y'all like i y'all have to forgive me sometimes y'all know i let my feelings play out through my rejoin music so I, th- this this is what i'm thinking what is really happening what is really going on out here uh, back to the the uh the thorns text line i want to get those in before i get jay on the line here uh 502-414-1450 texter says um hey I just wanted to say thank you for uh, just being honest. He said, also listening to Bob Bobby V uh, being frustrated and not holding back on the radio last night. We need a coach uh, that comes from a real coach's tree, not Calipari. No, I mean, everybody's frustrated. Like, we've heard Coach Valvano um, be a lot more um, critical this year. Like, Bobby V, he gave a lot of grace to Kenny last year. And, you know, Bobby is always a guy who's going to side on the side of the coach, and he's going to give the coach the benefit of the doubt. But I've definitely heard a tone and tenor change from Bobby V in his commentary on the team. Like, he seems to be a little bit flushed and frustrated because a lot of the same issues that he had with the team last year um, are propping up and cropping up again. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that um, – everybody's frustrated. I mean, we've seen Coach Lieberman out here doing, like, videos. I feel like some of the local coaches or former coaches are almost trying to help Kenny through the media. They're like, look, Kenny, here's what I'm seeing. Maybe this gives you some hints on what you need to be doing. Like, I've noticed that everybody is trying to help uh, give their thoughts and opinions and, you know, suggestions about what needs to happen. So I I know Bobby V um, is supremely frustrated. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely understand, uh, you know, his, his feelings on that. And another guy who, who, who is supremely frustrated is my man Jay Has. He is on the line, 502-384-1450. That is the Wake Up 502 buzz line. Let's bring him on in. Jay Has, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, Jay is, is ugly last night, even though we had a good time out at more shenanigans, though. It was a good, it was a good night, karaoke night. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a good time. Yes, absolutely. Hey, hey, I got them chili cheese fries. They was on point last night, Jay. 
Hey, hey, it was good. It was good eating. Hey, make sure y'all get out there. 4521 Barstown Road. More shenanigans um, out on Barstown Road right there at the corner of Breckenridge and Barstown Road. It's a great time. Uh, the karaoke every Friday night. So, you know, we're always out there doing our thing. Uh, so, yeah, no, it was fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely football time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good games. Huge game. That that, that is a huge game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> there is a building called the Yum Center, yes. You want to get rid of the Yum Center, Jay? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it, it seems like Kenny is bitten off. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very difficult situation. You know, you always hate. Um, to have situations where you have to get rid of one of your own, uh, which is one of the reasons why I know a lot of teams – it's hard bringing in alumni, man, because, you know, when you bring in alumni, uh, you, you at some point if things don't work out, you're going to have to get rid of somebody who's a favorite son of the program. And that makes things a lot more difficult, which is why a lot of teams kind of start shy and stay away unless it's just a perfect storm like Brom. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's tough because, I mean, let's keep it real, Jay, like – when I'm seeing what some of the other guys that, that left are doing out there, you know, uh, when I see L. Ellis go out last night for, you know, your number 14-ranked uh, Arkansas Razorbacks, he was preseason, um, you know, all-SEC second team. He goes out last night, 13.6 rebounds, three assists, one steal, and only one turnover. Like, you telling me Louisville couldn't, you know, wouldn't love to have that, and that's a guy that we basically ran off because all the coaches wanted to do was blame the players for everything. 
You know, like that, that that's a kid that should still be playing for Louisville. He played the most minutes for Arkansas last night. With he was the only guy who played over thirty minutes. So you know, a lot of people would would like to tell you, oh, Ellis isn't going to play that much at Arkansas. None of these guys have any talent. They're not going to do anything. Okay, L. Ellis is probably the the leader of that team down there. Yeah, and, uh, even though they brought in a lot of players, and yes, they have a lot of talent. Guess what? L. Ellis is a difference maker. Okay, he is a dude that gets things done. Um, and, and that was a guy that was getting things done for Louisville, and everybody, because of what was being said, they wanted to put it all on the players and say, oh, the coach didn't have anything to do with it. It just looked. There's nothing to work with here. There's no talent. There's no cohesion. These aren't the right type of players. These are me type of players, you know, and, and, and that's where we're at, Jay. I mean, it just it's frustrating. We see I watch Kamari Lands led uh, Arizona State in scoring in their first game versus Mississippi State. They lost the game, but, hey, Kamari went out there, put in 13 points, you know, had four or five rebounds, a couple of assists. You know, once again, another very talented player that leaves and goes to somebody else's programs because the coaching staff didn't want to take uh, any sort of responsibility for anything out there. I mean, it's frustrating. You know, it's, I'm frustrated. I Yes, sir. The thing I said about the Louisville game uh, the other night versus Virginia was basically that I said anytime you have a team that has an opportunity to make a push, like the special season that Louisville's having right now, um, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road and there's going to be roadblocks that are put up for you because winning a championship or having an opportunity to play for a championship is never easy. So you're always going to have bumps in the road. So while people look at the fact that Virginia's record wasn't great, that's a team that sees Louisville, and they see what Louisville's doing, and they see an opportunity to step up and knock them off, to, to be able to be the ones to spoil the party. So, you know, you have to expect the further that you get into this season, it's always going to get harder. So if you're going to get it and you're going to have an opportunity to make that push for an ACC championship, if you're going to have an opportunity to push for a possibility at a, at a playoff, it's going to get harder. It doesn't surprise me that Louisville went out there and had, you know, had a put up or shut up moment where they're down seven points, you know, with about seven or eight minutes to play, and either you're going to win or your, you know, your special season's going to get spoiled. That's what it's all about. I mean, we've seen it with all types of teams. We saw it with West Virginia with Steve Slayton and Pat White. They had a chance to go undefeated, go to, you know, go to a champion BCS championship game, and they, you know, they get it spoiled because they lose to a five and six Pittsburgh team. You know, like this is what happens. Anytime you have a chance to make that push to go to the next level to do something special, there's going to be roadblocks along the way. So I give credit for Louisville for circling the wagons, getting it done, you know, getting those two scores and getting the two stops they needed to get it done. That's not there's nothing to be ashamed about about struggling with a a very scrappy Virginia team because that's what it means to be a champion. And that's what it means to, you know, to take that step to the next level is that you get through those trials and those tribulations. Teams like North Carolina lost to this Virginia team. We've seen other teams lose games like that. So the fact that Louisville was able to get it done, no nah, man, I give them all the credit in the world, Jay. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. 
that's what's up. Hey, happy birthday, bro. Oh, happy birthday, Kim. There we go. Yeah, gotta show some love. There we go. Yes, sir. It's something that I, Jay. I, it's something that I don't take any pleasure in. It. I don't take any pleasure in the fact that Kenny's struggling. I want to see Kenny do well. I want to see this program do well. But you know, unfortunately, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I see what I saw, and I give my honest opinions on it. But no, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, J.A. Have a good one now. There we go. There we go. Jay has checking in. Definitely appreciate that. And, I mean, that's the whole thing, man. Like, I'm not here to say I told you so. I'm not here to take a victory lap. Like, I, this does not make me happy. This does not get me excited. I'm going to go out there. I'm still going to cover the team. I'm still going to go to the press conferences and ask my questions. I take no pleasure in the fact that Louisville's struggling, man. I want to see – this is the program that I love. This is the program that I grew up covering. Um, and watching, you know, from, from when I was a baby, you know, watching my daddy and my auntie yelling at the TV like crazy people. You know what I'm saying? This means something to me. I Like, I like Louisville football, but Cardinal basketball is my passion. So I, I take no pleasure in this. When I gave my honest opinions about what's going on with this program, it was because that's what I saw, you know, and I didn't want to see it. I'm just – everybody knows I'm honest to a fault. I'm always going to keep it real. Um, so, you know, it's a tough situation. But we're going to go ahead and jump back on the Thornton's text line. A uh, guy texts her in and says, uh, this basketball program, Red Zeppelin checking in. What's up, Red? Uh, the, he says, this basketball program is similar to being um, a dog owner that knows what needs to be done when his dog has gotten old and in bad health. Uh, he loves his dog and really hates to do it, but he also knows that the longer you uh, put it off, it's only going to get worse. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Wow, now Louisville basketball program is old yeller. <laughs> hey, man, what, what, what do you think about that? Is is the program old yeller? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm mean, come on. Just being honest, right? Yes. Like, like, what does Kenny Payne have to do at this point to save his job? I mean, most most Cardinal fans at the beginning of the season were telling us that. You know, it's, it's tournament or bust. And I was like, well, I'm going to go that far. I, I would say 12, 15 games. Yes. But it was like tournament or bust. So, you know, at this point, this got to be one of those miraculous turnarounds where they figure it out and they can get to 20-plus wins to make it to a tournament. But, you know, I'm just – it's just so hard to see, right? That's a lot. To, that's, a, that's a heavy lift, man, that from what, a, from what is, we've seen. That is a heavy lift right now. That is a very, very heavy lift, and that's what I'm just kind of like. Like, honestly, Louisville is a Mike James injury away from, like, not. and I'm not trying to, you know, hope anything. I'm just I, – hopefully he stays healthy and is good to go all year long, especially with his, you know, coming back from the Achilles. But, I mean, if, if Mike James had to miss any time at all, I don't know how Louisville would score more than 30 or 40 points, honestly. Yeah, and that's you know, and that and that's the thing. Like you have to find ways 
it, it comes time now. Now they're going to have to find ways to win. And I hate to say this. It's only about the second game of the season. Yes, sir. And we're talking about they got to find ways to win. They got to find ways to tough it out and, 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 and pull it out. But, you know, it's to, to me, I, I guess a good compare contrast would be the Louisville football team, right? Yes. The Louisville football team knows, like, like, like they know their identity and they play to their identity. And this isn't what Brom wants to do. Like, we all know Brom wants to throw the ball yeah. 50, 60 times a game, right? Yeah, he wants that, to air it out. That, he wants to air it out. But, he, but we also know that Brom knows that at the moment, he just doesn't have the quarterback that's going to allow you to air it out 50 or, or, or 60 games or 56 times a game and still win. You know, he just – he doesn't have the trigger man to do it. Yes, sir. So we run the ball because we have a very good running game. Garendo, Jawar Jordan, those guys are, are killing it. So what do you do? You start running the ball. You hand the ball off. But, but then again, he also knows we got Miami coming up. We got UK coming up. We have a potential ACC championship game coming up. I'm going to need my quarterback to do more than manage a game. He may have to come in and win some games for us. So he tries to get him some, some reps. We saw that against Virginia, a team that – on paper, Louisville should like handily beat, but you know. So now's the time that you know what maybe we can get, uh, you know, plumber some reps. We can throw the ball a little bit more. We have a little bit more grace. Period. You know, we have some more grace against this Virginia team. We should be able to easily handle them. Let's give them some more reps, and it didn't quite work out. Kind of like the way we wanted to. So I had to go kind of go back to what you do best. Right, but that's the thing is you know who you are. So when the chips are down, you go back to who you are. On a basketball side, we really we still don't know what type of team we have. Like what's our identity? Like what's the thing that we do best? Right. So it's hard to go back to what you do best when you don't know what you do best. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that whole thing, the key metrics that you look for, like, like you know, the, the things that, that you hang your hat on. Like, a Tom Izzo team, the one thing I know about a Tom Izzo team is that Tom Izzo is going to always control the backboards. That's what that's the one thing he wants to control the paint, be physical, rebound the ball, you know, out-rebound opponents, and just be very, very physical in owning everything that goes on inside that lane. Like, that's the that's the DNA of a Tom Izzo program. I know for a Rick Pitino program, you know, they want to be in great shape. They want to, you know, press out. They want to get a lot of deflections, and they want to play fast. Like, that. that's what I know. Like, I don't really know what the the marker is uh, or of the DNA of what Louisville's program is. I don't – I have no idea. I mean, at, at this point, Haven, that's, that's crazy to say that we still don't know that. But I tell you what, let's get right back to the Thorns text line, 502-414-1450. Texas says, good morning, Wake Up 502. Main event, what culture? He says, I've already, he said, I'm already planning on going to the ACC championship game in Charlotte. Hopefully FSU takes care of Miami next week, and then we can finish them off. What do you think about that, Haven? You think you think um, yeah, Louisville's got what it takes to knock off a, a FSU? Yeah, you know, here here's the thing. Like, Brom is a great big game coach. So, I, I think we can rally troops. We got the defense. We got the running game. And I, I understand that like, if we just have a little bit more in a passing game, I'll be like, yeah, we got these dudes. But I think we can get FSU. Like, like we've beaten FSU before. We've beaten better FSU teams than this. So, yeah, I think we can do it. There we go. There we go. I, I definitely think we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think Louisville, um, if they can at least 
have have the the um efficient Jack Plummer version, and then the wide receivers don't drop the ball. Louisville had a couple of tough drops in in that Virginia game that made it a lot closer than it should have been. Jaden Thompson had a, had a couple of tough ones. Um, you know, they just have to be a little bit sharper. But if the, if you get the efficient passing game to go along with that defense and the running game as it is, yeah, I, I definitely think Louisville can give FSU a run. I, I agree with you. A texter also says, um, the KP Mafia has finally came to the light. So I'm on DraftKings, uh, and, and he said, and the basketball team owe me money because I took UMBC on a money line for a $60 bet to pay $337, but Louisville cheated in the end, so I picked Chattanooga and won 87 bucks. <laughs> he says, therefore, I am the Louisville fan that is actively rooting for the basketball team and betting against them. Uh, he says, I'm a, he says, then I'm a bad fan. So he's rooting for Louisville, but he's uh, <laughs> betting on every team that Louisville plays. I, I Unfortunately, I feel like if you bet money line the whole year, I feel like you're going to come out on the positive side of that. I hate to say it, but yeah, I think that's going to be the case. Um, Texter also says, Rashawn, he says, ask me about what the coaching staff can do to help the basketball team. He says, my answer is uh, get rid of the whole coaching staff, start over uh, over again. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say that's the only thing. Like, I agree with you, Haven. Like, I think Louisville needs to find that identity. Like, let's just become the 2-3 zone team. You feel me? Like, just plant Dennis in, in the paint and just be the 2-3 zone team. You know, just please figure out a way to at least get stops. I'm tired of watching teams get wide open layups. Like these straight line drives for layups are driving me crazy. Like I mean, they gotta do they gotta do something, right? Like, hey man, we can't go through another thirty games of this. I mean, no, you 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 just can't do it. So I'm I'm trying to think of the easy things that you could do, right? In the two three zone sounds like the easiest thing you can do. That fits the, that matches the tenor and character of the team we've seen so far, right? You got long, lanky dudes. I would never play Hudley uh, Hatfield again. Uh, he he'll be a permanent uh, fixture on the bench. <laughs> you ain't play Brandon. No. Hey, hey, hold on. Brandon had fourteen rebounds last night. I don't care. <laughs> I, I really don't. Hey, that's messed up. It is messed up. But I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen the man for two seasons, and he's like low energy. He 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 is. He is definitely. You know, he's trying big, to learn how to play hard. Hey, you know, I'm, I hate to say this because I know this is one of your favorite players, but he reminds me of Earl Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, bro. Like, like, like <laughs> let's slow down on that. Earl Clark was a was a lottery pick. So yeah, he was like like. But the time out. Let, let's, let's be honest. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. He was on a lottery pick. Because he had all the measurables. Nah, uh, he had all the measurables. He also had the statistical. He had the stats too. Like, that, like let's let's not that let's man, not compare Brandon Huntley Hatfield no, to Earl what, Clark. What I'm saying is like that man was like never dominant as what he, he what he should have been. With I mean, his, Earl, with his, yes, with the size and I, length. I think the difference between Earl and I mean Earl Earl could have been a top five pick, but was okay being a top twenty pick. But, but like nobody's picking Brandon to do anything. No, but but, 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 but I'm saying is like. <laughs> He could have been so much more if he had if he had, if he had a better motor. motor. Yes, yeah. but but now you see now now you know you fast forward like what, almost ten years now, and you know it's, it's since he's been playing now now like the lights kicked on now he plays hard he does all those things what we wanted him to do when he was here yeah but now he gets it right yeah 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 I mean yeah but I, I B, mean yeah B H H right has all the size has the the weight. The height, the length, had all the 
uh, the the accolades come out of high school is a five star dude. Yeah, I and, mean, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with Brandon. And, I don't know if he likes basketball. I I don't know either because he's just like he's like I'm good. I'm tall and I'm 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 big and strong. Everybody tells me I should be a dominant basketball player, so I guess I'm gonna go play. Like that, yeah. that's that's kind of the feeling I get when I watch Brandon Huntley Hatfield play. Yeah, and, and I just and I'm just like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you it's know. Like, but, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. So just yeah, you get on the bench, but you know what? I'm gonna say this. I, I a lot of people think I'm a Kenny Payne hater, and I'm enjoying watching Louisville just implode on themselves. Yes, sir. That's not true. Not at all. I like Kenny Payne a lot, a whole lot. We've gone out and hung out with Kenny Payne. Yeah. I love the man. He's he's a good dude. I want to see Kenny Payne be successful. I don't want to see him fail at all. But, you know, facts are facts, right? Yeah. I mean, there's enough. I know people say, you know, what, Haven, look, you still got to wait to see what the end of the season holds. You got to, you know, you got to wait and let, let the cake bake. You never know what could happen. You know, we, I think we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that that We've seen this movie before. We you could tell about you could tell by his answers to the press conferences where he's still blaming the players. We have a pretty good idea of where this is going. It's just how we get there. Oh no, I I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it's definitely it, the the signs are all there. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna go ahead and hit our next breakup. When we come back, Leanne Hanks should be joining us. We're gonna talk about some college football. We're gonna give you some picks for this Saturday. We're doing a whole lot of scoreboard watching, y'all. Why team won, so we can just watch everybody else. That is a beautiful thing. This is Rashawn Myers. This is Wake Up 502, Haven Harrington, intern Roman in the building, and we'll be back. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Hey, I, I feel like that's going to be the way that the Louisville uh, football team comes into the uh, – wherever they're going to be watching all of the games today. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be coming in strutting like Shane O'Mac. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be cu- coming in like Vince. You know what I'm saying? With that swag, that extra swaggy uh, <laughs> the pep in they step. You know, I feel that's what's going to be going down. Welcome back in. Last segment of the show, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington. And now we got intern Roman on the line. Roman, how you doing this morning, brother? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Excellent. Excellent, man. Hey, so, you know, we've been chatting a whole lot about this this basketball team uh, this morning, man. Like, uh, just kind of give me your your impressions of, of what you saw last night. Like, are you pretty much on the same page? Like, what, what, what are you thinking about, you know, what's going on in, the, in kind of the state of things right now? First thing I noticed last night was um, that stadium was, was nearly empty, it felt like. Yeah. I don't know why, but from uh, the TV standpoint, it didn't seem like we had a full crowd at all. And I don't, I don't like seeing that this early in the season, you know, especially with those games you, you go into of thinking we have a good chance to win, right? 
Um, Definitely. And uh, when it's needed, we need to get these early wins so people people keep coming down. You know, the Yum Center is going to just slowly lose that attendance if we start losing again. Um, that was the first thing I noticed. Secondly, yeah. um, and you guys hit it hit it on the nail for sure. The identity is just lacking immensely. You know, you can tell when each player gets the ball in certain parts of the court, they don't know what to do. They don't. They, you can tell out there that they don't know what to do, um, and and it needs to be addressed. Um, I feel like. I feel like Kenny needs to 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 find an identity with each and every player he has. You know, figure out what the what he doesn't. It's like they don't know what the the roster is best at. They don't know who should be doing what out there. It seems like most of the time, uh, players open not shooting the ball, that kind of stuff. Players open not getting the ball. You know, just a lot of things need to be tuned up. Yeah, no, I, I I'm right there with you, man. Like it just it just seems like there's just so many things that have to get better and so many things that just have to be improved. Uh, it, it's it's kind of crazy. Like it, it just seems like it's like a boat with a whole bunch of holes in it. You know what I mean? It's like every time you cover one hole, another one springs open, and now you're trying to cover that hole, and then there, something else springs open. Then you try to stick your toe in a hole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just. It's it's a it's a rough go of it. No, I, I totally agree with you. Oh, by the way, Haven, I just had to let you know. Uh, texter into Thornton's text line uh, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. He says, "I want to give Haven a shout out for canvassing for uh, Andy Bashir in Eastern Kentucky to get them to vote Andy in to be the governor." Good job, Haven. <laughs> Haven, were you down in Eastern Kentucky? Actually, for a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Good job. You know, what I'm saying you're a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he said, and lastly, KP got to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, uh, this is a nice one. Texter says, happy Veterans Day to Rashawn. Um, uh, thank you very much for that, he says. And, and Haven, I think, uh, he said, I think Haven was in the Salvation Army. So <laughs> that's funny. Wow. He said, he says, today I'm DJing like uh, DJ John Q on the ones and twos. <laughs> Hey, it got funnies. I'm just throwing throwing funnies on the text line this morning. That's what I'm talking about. And there we go. We can always use more of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just DJ. like we can use more of Duke beating uh, North Carolina today. Yes. Yes. That That is that is the one uh, that we need to have happen. You know, of all the games that we're looking at, and, of course, I'm looking over the schedule, that's probably the one that's the most impactful for Louisville fans right now is everybody needs to be – like, I, I know it's odd to say, and I said this at, at more shenanigans last night, uh, it may not ever happen again, but today all Louisville fans want to um, cheer for Louisville – and or excuse me, for Duke and Kentucky to win football games. Duke, uh, because, you know, if, if Duke can find a way to knock off North Carolina, it solidifies and guarantees Louisville that spot in the ACC championship game. And if Kentucky could find a way to beat Alabama, that would eliminate Bama from the playoff contention – uh, you know, and uh, move the Cardinals up in a, another spot up the ladder. So, you know, I know you may have to hold your nose and do it, but, you know, if you can cheer for Kentucky and Duke, if those two teams win, that would be a, a great help because we got to get Alabama out of here. They're the ones that make me nervous, Taven. Like, if Alabama goes undefeated down the, all the way down to the end and then they beat Georgia in the uh, championship game, I feel like they're going to try to stick Georgia and Alabama in that playoff. And that pretty much, you know, gets rid of any opportunity that Louisville would have to make that happen. Like, I, I, did, do you see a scenario where, where that happens in both? They don't get both teams in there? You know what? They will try to always shoehorn two SEC yeah. or two Big Ten teams in there at, at all costs. I agree. So, man, we just have to hope that something happens to Michigan. They lose, they, they trip up, or Ohio State trips up. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Roman, let me ask you. I, you know, I know, know we hadn't talked much about the football team and the fact they got it done. Um, anything that worries you about the Virginia game? Like, uh, you know, after you saw that, are you still confident? Um, you know, do you think Louisville's going to have what it takes to go out there and beat Miami next week? Uh, you know, in Coral Gables. Um, I actually think that that th- this last game that we had on Thursday was exactly what we needed. I think it was a reality check for us that you know it ain't sweet out here. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta play a full game of football to win a full game of football so I think that we had been um kind of like you know it was three points in two games you know what I mean we we had to we needed to remember that we can't just go into each game expecting it to be some easy near shutout kind of performance teams are going to score we're going to make mistakes we're going to have those drop passes so I think it was um it was nice to see us actually be resilient in a game and have to have to be resilient right have to um tough it out and I think it's going to help us down the line. Yeah, right. that is the hope, man. You know that I I think that it all comes down like Louisville's opportunity. Let let's say, and this is what I and this is what I've said from the beginning. And I I hope that Louisville fans a are enjoying this season. Like I know everybody because there's an opportunity that Louisville could have a chance to play in the playoff. It really seems like people have been doing more worrying about Louisville losing rather than enjoying this season. Right now, y'all, in my personal opinion. Um, and y'all can give me your, your thoughts on it, um, uh, Haven and Roman. But I feel like Louisville is currently in the midst of its greatest football season ever. Louisville's never played in a conference championship game, especially not at the Power 5 level. They, they, they are on the cusp of making their first ACC championship game. They're more than likely going to end up in a New Year's Six Bowl. Okay, so they're going to probably end up in um, uh, most likely the Orange Bowl. So you're talking about an ACC championship game. You're talking about an Orange Bowl appearance. Uh, You're talking about, you know, one of their only seven or eight double-figure regular season win seasons ever. So they're going to end up with 10 or 11 wins on the season. That literally would be the greatest season in the history of Louisville football. Yep. Like, am I wrong about that, Hayes? Uh, So... To me, I, I would say maybe 2006, only because we had a chance to play for a national championship if we didn't get that offside penalty on that first uh, missed field goal at Rutgers. Uh, may still be the greatest season, only because we had a chance to go to the national championship game. was like literally one game away from going to the national championship. But, but this, this season's coming close. Yeah, I mean, if you make an ACC championship game, and you go to the Orange Bowl. To me, making two postseason games in a single season, you know, especially if those two postseason games are the ACC championship, you know, and the, uh, you know, because at, at the time there, I know they were playing in the Big East in 06, which the Big East was a good conference. But if you make the ACC title game, you know, and then find a way to beat Florida State, especially. If you find uh, a way to beat beat Florida State, then isn't the Orange Bowl almost a guarantee at that point? Oh yeah, yeah. The Orange Bowl would definitely be a guarantee. It, it would either be Orange Bowl or Louisville's in the playoff. Okay, that's that, that's thought. like pretty much the two things that would happen uh, if they beat Florida State. But I mean, it is like this is crazy. Like, and and that's the thing. Like, I have made it a point this year to really want to just enjoy this season. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where I know people always want to be like, oh, man, if we lose here, if we lose to that team. But it's like, man, this is fun. A, this is Jeff Brom's first season. So I feel like we're playing with house money, you know? Like, I mean, Haven, I know we talked about the fact that there was an opportunity. Like, we said, like, while everybody else wanted to give their goofy predictions of everybody just saying eight and four, that that was the media tagline. 
oh, well, I'm just going to go eight and four. You know, it's Jeff Brown's first season, blah, 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 blah. You know, because nobody wanted to go out on a, on a limb. But, you know, we talked about it, Haven. We said eight and four was literally the floor, did we not? We did. We said that's the floor. That is the bare base minimum when you have Jeff Brom as the coach and you have the talent that you have. Eight and four is at worst for this year. You know, but we talked about the fact that 10 wins was a legitimate opportunity and 11 wins was a possibility. And that's where we're sitting at. And we've been, you know, there's been no bones about that since we started discussing this team back in April. You know, when we were talking about this team in, in March, April, May, that's was the, uh, you know, where we thought this season could go. And to see it play out the way it has and to see Louisville have the success that it has, I definitely, that's one where I will go with the I told you so. I don't want to talk about I told you so with Kenny Payne. But with this football team, I will absolutely beat my own drum and the drum of this station, uh, you know, and what we were able to. Um, to discuss because pretty much everything has worked out exactly the way I don't think it could have worked out any better do you uh, no I mean to me and what makes this so extraordinary is that we thought we would do this honestly by kind of slinging a ball a little bit yeah and throwing it up and they're doing this the opposite way they're ground and pound it's like some SEC type stuff yep where we hand the ball off most about 67 percent of the time we throw it when necessary to keep the defense honest to move the chains on third and long and make it happen. It's yeah, that's a, probably the craziest part. <laughs> that is the craziest part. I mean, we're right. doing it on the ground. Like, I was getting upset that we were throwing the ball way too much during the Virginia game. I was like, let's let's get up a little bit and then let uh, Jack kind of stretch his uh, leg, so to speak. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? It, it all worked out. Absolutely. No, I, first I, year in a while we've had – be to be able to play both, you know, both ends like that, like be able to run the ball and throw the ball. I haven't, I don't remember oh, the last man. time we were able to do both to this man, degree. I, man, like I like I text with Sean. This is a a Charlie Strong's wet dream. Just for watching his team play, but <laughs> <laughs> running the ball eight million times and throwing it only when necessary. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I was listening to uh, you know, our, our uh, main main event sports show alumnus uh, Mark Ennis, and he is like, this is literally. The way that, that, you know, Satterfield wanted to win games is what Louisville's doing right now. It's like literally this is like sat ball to, to the to the thousandth power. This is what Satterfield wants to do, defense, run the ball, control the clock, just dominate teams, and that's literally the way Louisville's playing in Jeff Brown. And we thought this was going to be all about the passing and all about, you know, <laughs> doing those types of things. I thought that was funny. It's like, yeah, you know what, that is true, like literally. Everything that 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 that, that Scott Satterfield wanted to do, and unfortunately, sat's up there at Cincinnati. I, you know, and people keep getting on Cincinnati. Why is people so hard on Satterfield? Like, I just I feel like we don't need to go keep going down that road to keep talking about Satterfield and talking about Cincinnati. Like, like can't we just move on? And, and like, are, are you one of those people that want to keep throwing it in the face as if Sat was like some, like people act like he was like this super terrible dude or, or this guy that just ran the program into the ground it's just not that like are, are you on that train like where are you at with that whole both of y'all like where are y'all at with this whole Saturday man thing? I'm all about the Cincinnati have, having other coaches that, that, that they can buy out for us <laughs> yeah I don't think they're gonna uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they're gonna do it again I, I don't think they're gonna do that one brother I, I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> I, I agree I agree I don't, I don't I don't think the Satterfield needs to be you know dogged as much as he does at this rate anymore from Louisville fans but yeah. I do also understand it you know he he was I think such low effort in the times where you want your coach to be the coach um when he was here with us so I think 
Brom just isn't like that, and then people like to see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just, it's so weird. Like the whole Satterfield Louisville thing is just very odd in the way that it's, it's reacted to, and the way it's talked about. They're like, take that Satterfield. Like it just feels like. Like you would think that Scott Satterfield literally ran the program into the ground, but he literally won eight games his last season. Yeah, you would have thought he won four games last. Yes, year. yes, <laughs> it's like he did good enough to get a new job, and somebody wanted to hire him. It wasn't like we had to fire him because of how crappy he was. It's just a very weird flex. Like the whole Louisville Satterfield thing has been odd from the beginning. So you know, I I don't know. It's just very. Very interesting, but hey, you know what? Water under the bridge. Louisville got you know. Louisville is the is the 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 bit has been the beneficiary of it. So I don't think we need to continue to to talk about it. Now let me ask you all. Like one of the other big games, you know, we talked about the the um the Duke North Carolina game and that, how that would help out, and as well as Kentucky Alabama. Even though I I expect the Tide to go down there and just do what the Tide does in Kentucky. Um, but I, I you know this is a, a game where you know Milrow has not been great. And Kentucky's uh, defense has been opportunistic. So, I mean, hey, it could happen. Um, I don't necessarily foresee it. But I did want to ask you all about this Penn State-Michigan game. They make the the, the announcement that Harbaugh is going to be suspended for the rest of the regular season. He'll be able to coach the team during the week, but he will not be on the sidelines for any of the last three games of the season. What do you all think about that suspension? Like, do you think that's fair? Do you think that was something that should have been done? Like, I don't know how I feel. I feel like this is a bit overly punitive. Do you like what? What do y'all think? Really, I do. Like, I just don't know how to feel about it. Like, <sighs> so with, with all that cheating that was going on, stealing signs and everything else, do you think that man three games is is, is enough? I don't know. And especially consider like how different their record was like once they when he started cheating versus like when they were playing quote unquote fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I'm I do because, because the record is like dramatically different. It is. It is. And Michigan's defense this year, they had a defensive grid for like red zone efficiency defensively, and Michigan is such an outlier to where they're literally the best at both uh, stops uh, keep or keeping teams from the red zone and number of points given up in the red zone. Like that, they, they are such a statistical outlier. They're at the literally the bottom left hand corner of the grid, f- like pretty far away from every other team that's on the grid. So it's like only a team that's stealing signs and literally knows everything that's coming could be this efficient defensively. <laughs> like so, yes, Haven, I understand, but I don't know. I just this whole Michigan thing has just how can we just put the 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 um the earbuds or whatever in the helmets and just get done with this whole thing. Yeah, record them. Like, I mean, like, that would make the most sense. Like the NFL, everybody just has the headphones and, you know, you just – but, you know, I, I, I kind of understand what they're doing because you have some of the other college programs, like the FAMUs, the Division One, that may not have the outlier funds to, to do that immediately. So I, I kind of get it, but – Something has to be done, man. Yeah. Like something just has to happen. Like we can't keep can't keep dealing with this foolishness right now. I mean, it just I I need to see something to happen. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I I understand why they're doing it, but man, it's it's just tough if you're Michigan because Michigan's had a cream. You want to talk about a powder puff schedule to this to this date? Like literally, they haven't played anybody of note until they get to these last three games where they're gonna have to play Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. 
But, like, it's definitely the worst time. Now, for Louisville, this is wonderful. Like, hey, let's go ahead and beat Alabama. Let's go ahead and get Michigan a loss to Penn State, you know, and then let's go ahead and get Michigan a second loss to Ohio State. That'll basically put Michigan out of the whole deal, and that's just better for Louisville. Like, I, I am literally the petty fan now. Like, I'm just happy yep. for anybody to lose. <laughs> You are petty, good lord. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get rid of all of them. I'll, hey, this we jumping over about dead bodies now. Hey, the only only team that's rated high that I want to see keep winning is Florida State. Definitely cheer for Florida State against the U. Louisville needs Florida State to be undefeated. Like they've almost lost like six games this year. Of the nine games they've won, Florida State has been life and death in the in the fourth quarter of at least six of their nine victories. They've had some points put on them too a couple times. Yeah, I mean, I like our chances to play well against them. I don't know about, you know, I don't know about the outcome, but I do like our chances for us to play well against them. No, I totally agree. I, I mean, like Florida State has, for whatever reason, they have not been able to um, get it together. Like they keep winning, but it like nothing about Florida State scares me if Louisville had to play them in an ACC championship game. And right. that's odd to say about an undefeated, undefeated Florida State team. Yeah, like right there, I'm right there with you. Yeah, just I, I'm just not afraid of this. Like, yeah, but they're just okay. You know, they're just all right. What well, now? What do y'all think about Georgia? Georgia almost lost to Missouri last week. They play Ole Miss this week. They are at home. They are between the hedges. They're in Athens. But you know, Ole Miss. Uh, if Ole Miss loses, that's good for Louisville. That eliminates them and moves them up another spot. Um, you think Ole Miss got any any chance against Georgia? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he, so the thing about Georgia, right, Georgia has looked, like, really good at, at points in the season. But other parts of the season, they look very defeated, very defeatable. Like, Alabama, Alabama has pretty much sucked the first half of almost every game this season. And they've come on like game busters in the second half. Georgia hasn't looked like that unstoppable force they keep winning but they don't look like that unstoppable force like they like they looked last year so Ole Miss can definitely get them now do they have the horses to like can, can play for a, a, a complete four quarters and do it I don't think so but they can do it yeah yeah well yeah we'll, we'll see I mean it's it's one of those things where they just let me down when they played our, uh, Alabama because they just kind of got <laughs> manhandled uh, when I thought they were going to have a chance to knock off Saban and company, and then they just kind of just got sent through the ringer. So I, I'm not – I just feel like they 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 just ain't got what it takes. I just feel like Georgia's just going to just bully them to death. And speaking of bullying them to death, I'm going to do this right now. And I, I, I kind of got booed by some people at more shenanigans when I said it, but I'm just going to let Caleb Williams know. There's no crying in football. If, if my son would have been sitting over there crying like a baby sitting in the stands because he's getting whooped in a game that his team should be winning and playing better in, there's no crying in football, bro. Like, save that. Go back to your room. Go back. But you sitting up there balling. If that was my child, I would have pushed him out of the stands <laughs> sitting there crying. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's why, why is this generation so soft? I'm sorry. But that's absolutely ridiculous. I thought USC may have a chance to play upset specialists against Oregon. They ain't going to beat Oregon. You know why? Because they too soft. Blame the defensive coordinator. Blame the fact that you don't have no defense. But for him to be sitting down there, Caleb Williams be sitting down there and crying. You you have thrown for almost 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. You are balling. Okay? Things don't work out for you. Sometimes you lose games. But to sit out there and doing all that crying is absolutely ridiculous. Man up, son. I'm just saying. Haven, am I wrong for that? 
I mean, that wasn't the best look. Come on, like crying I mean, hard, I'm, crying. I'm, I'm, but the guy, you know, he poured his heart out. Man, the thing is, for me, you're not doing that at the next level, are you? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, come on. I just maybe that just rubbed me the wrong way, Roman. Like, am am I wrong for that? You no, know, you, I'm right there with you. You, you way you closer to, to Caleb Williams than I am. I don't know how old <laughs> you are compared to Caleb, but in my opinion, you don't do that. You 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 acknowledge. You know what's you prevent that. You know you you prevent that. You know what I mean? Not that he really. It's not like he didn't do his part in preventing that. But um, it's, it's fine it's, if you're if you're in Pop Warner. You know, it's little kids playing. You know, little kids get upset. They're super emotional when they lose. Fine. <laughs> but you are a grown yeah. a man. You don't even. You should not be putting yourself in a position to be wailing like that for sure. I don't. Come think. on, man. Just, just that was just a bad look. So I know a lot of people are like me, Rashawn. You shouldn't be. Yeah, that's mean. You leave him alone. Hey, no, no. no he's grown. Hey, hey, I would if that was my child. My son sitting in here somewhere. Cameron, if that's you, I see you sitting over here. I'm gonna knock you upside the back of your head. All that crying. I'm like, boy, get it together. If you don't want to lose, get better. And if you can't get better, use the transfer portal go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like that was just that was just a, a tough look. Uh, oh, text it, text it, text in. Um, uh, got a couple more texts I want to give before we get to the end of the show. Text says we are entering the golden era of Louisville football with Brom at the helm. Now, that's the way it looks, man. Um, it, it definitely looks like we are in for. Some very special years upcoming. Just the fact that we are in this position uh, to start uh, to start his career at Louisville is just super, super exciting. So no, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, um, I, I just <laughs> I, I, I am very, very interested to see where we go from here. And, and Haven, I ain't gonna lie to you. While I was watching that game on Thursday night. That quarterback, Calandria, looked pretty good for Virginia. What do you think about Jeff Brown going ahead and hitting up Charlottesville? Man, there's been a couple of quarterbacks we played against. And we're like, man, that transfer portal's about to get hot. <laughs> yeah, I think so. About to get hot. Hey, yeah, all right. There's a couple of them guys. That, that kid at um, Boston College, that quarterback we played early in the year. I mean, hey, man. hey, come, come get some of that NIL. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to say happy Veterans Day to you, my dad. Thank you. You know, all the veterans listening, even, I guess, me since I was at the Salvation Army, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that was funny. That, that was Actually, good. That was pretty funny. That, that was very well done. But, no, I, I, I tell you what, man, it, it has been a, it has been a, a wonderful day. Um, it's been a, a, an awesome show. It's been an awesome week, at least for Louisville football. Uh, you know, butt cheeks got a little clenched on Thursday night, but they got it done. You know what I'm saying? The, the fellas got it done. So, you know, we can't we can't hate on that. We can't hate on success. But, uh, fellas, y- y'all got any other part shots before we get out of here? Guy, I got about 40 seconds. Go Duke. There we go. I like it. Go Duke. Go 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 Cats. There we go. I said it. Let's go ahead and get Alabama up out of there. Just yeah. find a go way. Let's see, him, let's see him make something happen. Yes, do something for us, Kentucky. Please do something for Louisville. Let's, let, let's go ahead and get them, them tied on out of there. But, hey, this is Rashawn Myers. For Haven Harrington, for in- intern uh, uh, Roman, thank you so much for being in the in the studio again. We're going to get you on this board next time, brother. We're going to see what you got. Let's do it. Hey, there we go. Hey, I appreciate it. We out. Big X. <laughs>